What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Ina, and you're listening to Indivisible, a podcast that explores the relationships between technology, markets, creativity, and freedom. Thanks for listening, and let's get to the show. My chat today is with Meg Batson, who is an amazing photographer in the NFT space. Her work centers around artistic nudes and themes of playing with shape and light focused on the female form. I loved talking with her about opportunities for nude photography in Web3 to empower women in the expression of their bodies and to elevate social consciousness around nudity. We also dive into her journey as a creative and finding success in the NFT space, including, of course, a discussion about relationships and in particular, the special relationship of patronage between artist and collector, and the implications of the synergy in this relationship on the ability to create. Meg is a great example of the many people in crypto who are finding a home and opportunities for connection and professional success that extend beyond what felt possible before. It's inspiring for me to watch people succeed in a life of authenticity with supportive relationships and a sense of abundance, all of which is palpable in Meg's story. I think the idea of actually being able to have that has felt foreign to many people, which again demonstrates the power of what's possible with decentralized and open market rails. And without further ado, Here is my conversation with Meg. Hi, Meg. It's so awesome to have you here. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah. And congrats on being, I think it was top three in Foundation's weekly sales last week. That must feel pretty incredible. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was honestly unexpected and the support and like it, it's honestly blowing my mind. That's all I'm gonna say. Before we dive into your amazing success in the NFT world, I would love to start a bit earlier in your journey and uh, get into what got you into photography to begin with. Oh, okay. So I would say like the earliest that I can think of, like being interested in photography was definitely when I was a young child, my aunt and my grandmother, both of them got cameras and they were like the ones in the family that would document everything and always take photos. And I noticed like back then, even looking at the composition they would do, I, I, I just noticed things. And I remember looking at like, oh, they're, they're good at this. Like, this is cool. Um, and I remember being so interested and I would always grab cameras and snap photos myself. And, you know, then my senior year of high school, I joined the yearbook class. And so I got a little digital point and shoot camera and I found out that you could turn it into black and white, like a mode where it didn't even show color. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, and I was working at a pool, like a neighborhood pool at the time. And they had outdoor showers. And I took a photo where I froze a droplet of water midair. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And from there I was like, yeah, I'm definitely gonna be doing more of this. (laughs) Um, it's definitely been a journey from there, but that's kind of the first, like how I remember getting into photography. What did your life look like before NFTs, both as an individual and as an artist and a photographer? So before NFTs, I would say I got in like a little over a year ago, like kind of towards the back end, I would say of the pandemic. So right before that, I would say work-wise, I was shooting for like clients doing e-com and like fashion and swimwear and stuff like that. I was traveling, which was really cool. It was something that I always wanted to do, but again, the pandemic hit and that slowed a lot of that down. Um, so I was shooting for just a lot of fashion brands like Lulu's free people. Um, so many revolve, so many different brands and it was cool. I was doing that for like, I quit my retail job five years ago. So before that I was working at T-Mobile selling phones Um, and I was doing that because I came from Texas and I basically was working there and was able to transfer out to California where I was like, okay, if I want to get further in my career, this is where I need to be. So I used that job to be able to support myself in that transition. Um, and then I quit my job five years ago and was traveling and working for all these different brands. And that was kind of my day to day lifestyle. And then the pandemic hit, 
I was doing some at-home shoots with friends um, for brands because they didn't have studios. They couldn't have shoots. So they would call me like, hey, can you do this? And I would get like half of their rate. And then eventually the brands would, oh, well, we really like her. She's doing a great job. And they gave me my actual rate, which was cool. Um, I was very grateful for every opportunity. It was just very... I would say more constricting um, because you have a shot list. You have things that the brands need. It's not, you can be creative to a certain extent. You know, you have to get what they need. But every time I went on these trips or did these shoots, like even at my friend's houses at the end of it, they would all get naked. And then we'd end up doing like fun artistic nudes at the end of the shoots because that's what we really wanted to be doing. But there was just not a way to do that and make a living off of it. Um, Or in my world, at least. (laughs) Great segue into my next question, which is how would you describe the type of photography that you do? So I shoot, I photograph women. Um, I tend to focus a lot on nudity because it's something that I kind of felt into. Like I was saying at these shoots, I think I would just shoot these women and they would be like, oh, like I feel safe with you because you are a woman. Um, and I know that you could probably like, you understand angles, you understand photography and lighting. So like, I feel like you could get really good nudes of me. So I kind of fell into shooting nudes from doing like fashion and swimwear. Um, and they just, it, it became this thing where everyone was just so excited and happy to do it that it felt, that's what felt good for me. Like it felt better than just like getting the brand's shot list done. Um, and so it would always just kind of turn into a nude shoot and they always got the most excited to see those photos because they don't get to see those a lot. And just having that safe space, being with another female doing that, I think they felt really good about it. And so it kind of became almost a passion and a purpose because they, I would also hear stories from these girls about like horror stories from shooting with other people or men who wanted to shoot nudes. And not that all men by any means are this way, but there are a lot of predatory men in this space not NFT space, but just who photograph nudes. And I would hear all those stories all the time. So it kind of gave me more of a purpose of like, oh, wow, these girls really want to express themselves this way. And I can provide that in a safe way. And more and more people would come to me to shoot nudes. And that's kind of how that got started. So yeah, I would describe it as like using light to shape the feminine form. And I also like to like travel and get exotic, like landscapes and stuff like that and kind of put the woman in nature, because I feel like nature is feminine in a way, uh, like mother nature and all that stuff. So like they just complement each other really well. So I like to do that. That's really interesting. Um, I, what, what, what do you think that drive is in women and, you know, particularly, um, women who are, expressing themselves creatively with their bodies in front of a camera to where, you know, you're starting in a more commercial context with whatever the shoot is um, and the client that you're working for to them, you know, wanting the sort of natural evolution of that being them wanting to express themselves or be in front of the camera where they feel safe in that nude form. Like what, uh, what are your reflections there on, you know, women and that sort of desire to want to do that when they, um, have the space to feel safe? Is there something about it that, you know, is just naturally kind of empowering? Yeah. I think that, especially for the girls that I shoot, a lot of them, they're in the modeling world already. Right. So like they do these shoots and they're doing kind of like how I was saying it gets stale. It gets kind of stagnant. You're doing the same thing. You're not, you don't get to be super creative. Um, they're just used to like posing and getting the shots that they need. And they're almost like used for their looks or for their bodies, for these brands to be like, Hey, like we're going to get what we need out of you. They pay them, right? Like it's an exchange for sure. But they're just, when you do it day in and day out, it's like, okay, cool. But it's not like an expression of anything. And then they get with someone who knows how to shoot this kind of thing and, and they feel safe and they get to play around and actually have fun and do something that they don't always get to do. So I think there's the novelty of it, but I also think it's like these girls are also like, they're forced to not forced to, but a part of their job is to upkeep their bodies and look a certain way, but they don't actually get to express themselves in that way. And being able to just actually celebrate, I think your body, I think it's almost a celebration just being able to be in front of a camera and expose yourself in that way and be captured in a beautiful way with the light and everything. I think it's a celebration of all the hard work that they put into everything that they are. Um, and it's also like an expression of freedom, you know, like taking ownership of our bodies. I think in this world that we live in, 
women are used as like a sex symbol, like and they're, they're objectified. There's all these things that are going on. Right. And like sex sells. So men are using not, not only men, men and women are using women's bodies to sell things. And there's all these different layers to it. And I think when you just get to like fully take ownership of your body and express yourself, how, however feels good for you. I think that that's a powerful thing. And that's just like, wow, this is my body I've worked for. I'm free. This is me. And it's just a powerful thing to be able to do that. And do you see the NFT space and the photography that's happening um, in this particular niche in the NFT space, opening up more opportunities for women as models to spend more of their time being able to make a living um, fully immersed in that creative space and being able to pursue the types of shoots that um, that kind of speak to that as opposed to having to maybe do the more commercial stuff. And then I guess related to that is, you know, having spent time with models in both contexts now, do you sense a sort of change in the models and in, in these women and how they're able to kind of carry themselves professionally um, and as a result, the way that they show up for the shoots? Yeah. So I think it's interesting question because I feel like most of the models that I work with so far, at least, I mean, there have been some that were already kind of in the, like my first model I worked with was in the NFT space already. So that was a different story, but I would say for most of the models I work with, they don't fully understand NFTs yet. Um, so they're not really in the space yet. And I try as hard as I can, if the girls are interested in being in the space, I give them as much information as I can. And I'm there to like help them. I'm there to like, Hey, this is what you could do. Give them ideas, like bring them into my Twitter spaces, tell them everything that I know. Like I would love, love, love for all of these women to come into the space, but I don't really see that many models in this space yet. Um, there are a few and there's some people who do self-portrait stuff too, but I think it's an interesting dynamic because in the NFT space, like for me as a photographer, I would say it's the first time in my career where I've actually gotten to kind of take ownership of my art and like really express myself how I want to. So I feel very almost protective over it because it feels like, wow, like this is something that I really enjoy doing and I don't want this to go away. Right. Um, and I pay all of my models that I work with, but at the end of the day, it's my vision and everything that we're doing. It's definitely collaboration. Like when I work with these models, I have ideas and I throw them their way and I get their input and make sure they feel comfortable for sure. And like, I, if there's anything they want to add to it, I'm totally open to it, but it is like something where I'm being celebrated as an artist. And before with web two and social media and Instagram and all that, I was more of just a girl with a camera. So now I kind of have a vision and like a voice, which is really cool. And I'm really enjoying that. But as far as like the models, it's been more of, I don't know. I mean, I've shot a little bit of both where it's more of a collaboration and then more where it's my ideas. So it really is different. But like I said, I don't see too many models in the space, like doing their own thing yet, but I do think it's coming. That's so interesting. What do you perceive is maybe the biggest piece of resistance currently to that? Do you think that, you know, it has to do with just a lack of awareness and comfort with familiarity because the space is still relatively new? Um, What do you think is going to be the catalyst to more models and photographers coming into really kind of coming into the space and being able to experience and benefit from the energy that, that you have, that's, um, you know, accelerated your career. I think a lot of things, like, especially in LA, a lot of the girls that I work with, they get paid so much money to post something like girls will get paid $15,000 for one Instagram post. So they take a phone and photo on an iPhone and maybe they're not passionate about it, but when they're making $15,000, they're just like, whatever. So then I think it becomes something where it's like, is it worth it for them financially and time-wise to put in the time to be able to create this empire? And maybe some people, yes, because, sorry, my dog is scratching my bed. (laughs) Maybe some people, yes, because maybe they're not happy with what they're doing, right? But then there's other people that are like, well, I'm making my bag and I'm saving up for a house and I don't want to be like taken away from this financial opportunity, right? So I think there's a little bit of that for sure. 
Um, but I also think if there is more of a platform or I think as photography grows in this space, it will be more and more mainstream. And I have seen people, um, a couple models in this space too, that are trying to do their own thing. It's just then a question of, okay, so this is the model's platform, right? It's her idea. She's hiring a photographer. Is she just paying them hourly? Is she giving them a percentage? How does it work with that? And like, how much is the photographer willing to give up if it is their platform? It's just this like, balance of bringing people together and like what makes sense and what works. And I've heard a lot of talk in the space from photographers. Some photographers don't even pay their models, which I don't think is okay. Um, and some don't want to pay a lot and some pay more. It's just, it's kind of all over the place. There's not a standard. So I think there's also like a misunderstanding or a lack of understanding about this world. And maybe that's what's keeping people from coming in because they're just scared of something new and they don't understand it. Talk to me a bit which you've touched on about your lens of women's empowerment. What does that mean to you? And how do you hope that your work will contribute to that conversation? So for me, like I come from a background of like, you have to go to work, get a nine to five job. You can't do, you can't be an artist that doesn't do anything for you. You're not going to make real money. Oh, you like nice things. You want to travel better, marry rich. Like this is kind of the narrative that I've been told. Um, and for me, I just, it, it never felt, it never resonated with me. I felt very differently about life. Um, and I kind of fought to get out of that headspace and that mindset and, and that even physical location of where I was. Um, to get here to this place. And I always knew there was something for me that would make sense. And now it's kind of all, all falling into place. So I feel like as a woman, we don't really have the same opportunities men do. Um, when I worked at a modeling agency in Houston, I worked at the front desk and I told them I wanted to be a photographer and I, or I wanted to shoot their models. And I had minored in photography in college. So I was like, can I just do like free test shoots with the models. Like you don't have to pay me. I just want experience. And they were like, Oh honey, no, you're not a photographer. And there was no female photographers on the board. So there's that. Um, and there's things like I've had jobs before where I've gotten fired because the owner of the company bought me shoes. Cause he wanted me to look nice. Cause I was marketing and I didn't understand cause I was young and didn't know what was happening. And then his wife fires me. <laughs> and I was like, what just happened? So there's things like that that have happened to my whole life. And my mother's also very mentally ill and I've seen like the struggles that she's gone through as a woman being mentally ill too. And I just, I feel for women and I, I also doing what I do, I hear all these horror stories of what's happened. So with all of my perspective and what I've been through and what I've seen other women go through, I just want to like, with what I do, I've always said that I want to give back to the world and I want to do good. And this is where I feel like I can use my skills and talents to do just that. Um, when I work with these models, I like to like hang out a little bit first with them and kind of get to know them. I don't like to just hire a random model because of how they look and then show up and do a shoot like that to me. I don't know. It's a different energy. I like to actually get to know people a little bit, sit down with them, you know, talk about the shoot that we're going to do, talk about their limits, what they're comfortable with, what they're not comfortable with, and then get into like a flow state and create with them and just get into this like energy of just like really making them feel like the most powerful and beautiful versions of themselves. And usually at the end of the shoot, like I get messages still to this day, like, Oh my God, that was my favorite shoot. You're so good. Like I, I just love, I felt so amazing after it. And, and my job is just really to make the girls feel amazing while they're shooting and give them some kind of like photo or something they could keep forever that they're like, wow, this is me. Like, you know, when you're in your twenties or thirties and you look, you have these photos. And then when you turn like 60 and you look back at them, you can be like, wow, I was such a powerful, like you can think that now, but you can also look back for the rest of your life and like, remember that moment. It seems to me that there is an opportunity in web three for feminine power to be conveyed through nude, artistic nude photography in a way that it maybe hasn't been before because obviously the the medium itself isn't new. You know, I mean, this type of photography has been around probably since the beginning of photography. And yet I see a sort of emerging conversation around um, how it, the medium might flourish with the sort of incentives and the model of Web3 in a way um, that hasn't maybe done as much justice to, or 
acted um, in a way that elevates women in that certain sense um, before. So, so where do you think kind of like Web two or uh, the photography industry has fallen short um, with respect to to this type of feminine power as conveyed through artistic nudes, where um, there may be a new opportunity in Web three? Yeah, I mean, I think with everything evolves over time, right? And like when you look back to the beginnings of like nude photography and like females being photographed nude, there weren't really female photographers doing it at the very beginning. Like it was like people like Helmut Newton and all these other photographers that were shooting nudes and it's all conveyed through like a man's eye. Um, And I think just because times are changing and women are kind of stepping into their power more and we have a little bit more leverage now, we can actually do that. And we also have like a different perspective of a different gaze, a diff- we have different experiences in life that lead us to shoot the way that we shoot, right? So like, I think that in general is something that like is changing. But also I think with web two, there's a lot of censorship. Like I would post things on Instagram and get deleted and then they would threaten to delete my account that I had like spent years building. And so I would get scared to post nudes. And so I would, you know, at some point I'm like, well, why would I even shoot nudes? What's the point? Like what what am I, you know, I I can shoot them for the experience of it. And that's beautiful and fun. And I still did do that. But at the end of it, it was like, the reward was just that, which was great. But I can't spend all my time realistically doing that if that's what I'm getting from it. I have to do other things too. Whereas now there's a platform where we can do this and we can actually make a living from doing this. We can work like to kind of change the narrative. And I think that it's more accepted now, like in web three, people seeing nudes, it's not like a taboo thing, which is another reason why I do what I do, because I think desensitizing people of seeing like a naked body is a good thing for the human brain. Um, when you don't see a naked body and then you see it, it's all of a sudden something sexual where you can kind of like expose people to it more and more and it becomes less sexual. Um, and so I think web three is just giving us a place to do that and giving us a place to showcase the art that we create, which is encouraging more people to do it. Yeah. It's super interesting to think about how censorship or the decisions as to what should be censored then impacts societal attitudes, which then fuel the decisions of what should be censored and um, how Web3, you know, taking all of that out just creates an entirely new paradigm in so many ways. So, Speaking of Web3, let's talk a bit about your journey into NFTs. How did this start for you? And when did you start to experience momentum? So I would say last February, I think it was, I got a call from one of my best friends who's also a model. And she was just like, hey, have you heard of NFTs? And I was like, no. <laughs> and her boyfriend's really into crypto. So he was kind of like finding out about it and telling her about it. It was like, I think this is maybe something you could do. Um, and so she called me and told me a lot about it. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why people would buy that. Like, you know, I was very much like, what? And then I was like, okay, well, it's kind of pandemic times. Like my jobs were kind of slow at the moment. So I was like, well, let's just like get into clubhouse and join some spaces and like learn. So we got in, we made friends with people automatically and like had a little like click of girls we called the Queens. <laughs> um, and we all just like me and my friend Kara both decided let's make an NFT and see if we could sell it. Like we have no idea this is the Wild West. There weren't a lot of photographers in this space. I don't think there were any models in the space, maybe. Um, but we each were like, fuck, let's just do it. Like, why not? So we created one each and we put them out and we both sold ours. And I was like, oh, interesting. Um, this is kind of cool. And like the connections I was making with people, I was like, okay, this is actually a really cool community. At the time I was living with like a really toxic roommate and we didn't get along at all. So I'd hide in my room and like order Postmates and just stay in my room. So it gave me something positive to do in that time. Um, and so I was just constantly on clubhouse talking to people. I would go like take people flowers and they would make sales and just like, you know, do little things like that because it was fun. And it was a way to like use my energy in a positive way while going through a bunch of crazy things. And so I did that and released the first NFT, sold it. And then my life got a little bit crazy. Some stuff happened personally. And um, I had to move out of that place that I was living in. So I had to find a new place to live. And it was all this stuff kind of blowing up at once. And I wanted to make sure that if I was in the NFT space and if I was putting out work, I was doing everything with the right intentions. And I just felt like I needed to focus on myself for a bit. So I took a little bit of a break 
NFTs were always kind of in the back of my mind and I would get little ideas here and there, but I was like, no, I'm just not ready. Uh, and then December came around and I like kind of planned out some things and I was shooting with a model at a shoot for a job. And she was like, I, I looked at her on Instagram and she had a board ape as her profile picture. And I was like, Oh, you're in NFTs. And she was like, yeah. Um, and I was like, I'd love to do NFTs with you. And it kind of fell together in a really beautiful way. I talked to her cause she had a name in this space already. So I was like, what do you want to do? Like, is there any kind of shoot you've been wanting to do for a long time? She's like, I've always wanted to do something space themed. I was like, cool, let's do it. So she gave me that little prompt and then I kind of ran with it. We got props. We got like a whole thing. We made like a whole space age, like Barbarella style photo shoot and had a ton of fun with it. Um, that's the first one that I did. And, um, that one wasn't even fully nude. It was implied because that was her comfort level. And then after that, that one sold out and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> that was cool. Like I could do more of this. So then my brain was like, all right, cool. Like let's go into NFT mode and just like go hard. <laughs> uh, I had a few other clients and jobs at the time too, but I had enough time to be able to do both. I was very busy for a while, but I was able to do it. And then I planned a trip with two of my friends who are also models to go to Kauai and I was like, do you guys want to shoot NFTs? And they were down to do it. So we shot my second collection in Kauai. Um, and that one sold out a little while ago as well. And then I was thinking about like all my work that I had. And there were three photos that I had taken throughout the course of my career. And they all had like a common theme of circles. And I started looking into circles and their meaning. And it just was kind of really relevant to me in my life and my journey as an artist. And so I decided to put out a circle collection and I just sold that one out, which is crazy. And now I'm, I put out a Moonbirds, something to poke fun at the Moonbirds to be a little more playful. And now I'm working on one more and just going to keep going with it because I'm, I see so much opportunity here and I've been able to play around with different like drop strategies and different marketing techniques and have a lot of fun with it. And it's just, you know, photography was kind of getting to a point where it was getting stale. I had some pain points with it, with the way that I was working and I just was kind of questioning, like, is this what I want to do forever? I know I want to take pictures, but in this way, I'm not sure. And then this came along at, I feel like the perfect time. And I was able to explore this. And now it's kind of renewed my passion again. Like everything's kind of coming back and I'm able to just really exercise my creativity and have fun with it again. And it's kind of making me feel like a little kid that found a new hobby, you know? Yeah. I mean, that sounds just really incredible. And I think, um, in hearing you speak and in your tweets and the interactions that I've had with you, just the enthusiasm, um, and inspiration, I think that you have for relative to your work and working in this space is really palpable. And so that's just really awesome to hear. And I think probably inspiring for others who are just starting or interested in getting into the NFT space as photographers. Um, I wanted to ask you, what do you think has been pivotal to, to your success, to getting to that point where your collections are selling out relative to your starting point? I think just being genuine, and this is, again, goes back to like the not wanting to come into the space until I was fully ready, because I think in the space, it, the space kind of celebrates and rewards authenticity and being a good person. Um, and that's something that I've never really experienced because I live in Los Angeles and I worked in the fashion industry, which is very opposite of that. It's very like, who can you use to get somewhere? Not that I ever operated that way, but that's kind of how the most successful people do operate in this space. And like, it's not me at all. I just feel like this NFT space rewards the things that I'm good at. <laughs> um, and it just feels almost as if I was made for it. It was made for me. It just feels like it's such a good fit. Um, but going into the space and like connecting with other people, like it's also opened my eyes to so many different kinds of art and so much new art because before the social media I was on was mostly Instagram and it's just like ads and influencers at this point. Um, so being able to actually see other art that's inspiring and like support those artists and like also like the feeling that I get when my work is collected, being able to pay that forward and support other artists who are coming into the space and give them that feeling like that, that is really cool. Like being able to, to do that is just such a magical experience. And I think just fully immersing myself into the community and community and being a full on DJ <laughs> has probably helped. Um, and just being authentic, like putting out my thoughts and like 
interacting with people. And like, I think the more you do that, the more people that you meet. And, um, like one of my collectors guys, Alexi has been following me on Instagram since before I got into NFTs. And he's kind of the first one that found me and was like, Oh, you're doing NFTs. And like really believed in me and gave me that push. Um, and we met in real life after he collected some of my art and I was like, Oh wow, this guy's really nice, really cool. Wow. This is sick. So then that he comes to LA and I meet up with him and I go to events with him and he introduces me to all of his friends, which is how I met you. (laughs) Um, and I just think like, again, it goes back to authenticity and just being a good person. And if you do that, the right doors will open up for you. You'll meet the right people. And it's, but I think it has to be organic. It's not something that you're like, okay, let me meet this person and then get this from it because people can feel that energy. Um, it's really just about being true to who you are and being a good person and the right people will gravitate towards you. So I love that you brought up Guy and you anticipated my next question, which was <laughs> asking you about your relationship with your collectors. Um, and it just, so my belief is that, and, and one thing that I just love about the NFT space is the potential in that relationship between artists and their patrons. And, you know, you have um, these two different groups of individuals that are coming together around this shared point of expression or inspiration in the piece of the work. And that pre-selects for a strong basis for a connection, right? Because it's based on something that's really human, that's really values-driven in what inspires you and how you see the world. And um, so I think that there's just a real beautiful synergy there between artists and collectors. And you know, you touch on it obviously with Guy, who we love and is awesome. Um, but yeah, just talk to me a little bit more about that and that relationship um, with your collectors and how that's played out in your journey. Yeah, it's it's a great question. I I've never experienced anything like this. I was not in the fine art world or anything before. I just kind of shot these things for fun and for myself. Um, so. I didn't really understand this world. And I definitely think the fine art world is very different in a lot of ways too, because you don't meet your collectors and it's just different. But I've honestly never even felt this much support from anyone. So to feel this support feels very foreign to me. Um, It's very overwhelming sometimes. And it's something that sometimes I have to like take a step back from and process because there's a part of me that feels like, how is this real? Like it's too good to be true. But then... I come back around and it's still there (laughs) and it's still real. So I know that it's real. It's just really retraining my brain to accept it. Um, But I've met so many of my collectors now, especially through NFT LA. Um, I met so many people who came in town and like, they're just honestly the most genuine good people. The ones that I've met at least Um, I'm sure there's some bad eggs everywhere, but it's really cool because they're, essentially investing in you and your art because they're buying your pieces. Right. And at the end of the day, like relationships aside, they want the value of the pieces to go up. Right. And then you also want your value to go up because you're trying to grow into a space. So like, if you can connect with a person in that way, you can both add value to each other's lives. And it's like this synergistic, beautiful connection where you can talk about like with guy, for example, I'll talk about, Oh, I have this idea and I have this and that. And he'll even like throw some things on top of it because realistically he's been in this space a lot longer than me and he's way more immersed in it. Or I don't know anymore. Like maybe I'm on the same level now, but he was way more immersed in it. So his brain thinks in NFTs, whereas it took me some time to get there. And there's just things that he would come up with that I would never even think of. And I'm like, Oh, that's super cool. So like, these people are your friends. Like not all of them. I mean, some of them want to be a little more anonymous or don't want to be as involved, but some of them really will like take the time to talk to you, get to know you. Like I was on Guy NorCal's podcast, um, or recorded it yesterday and you know, he's interviewing me so that I can like share my story with the world through his podcast, which is really cool. And that's a great way to support artists and just having that connection. I think each person has something different that they can contribute to you as an artist and I think they're as fascinated in this whole process as you are. And I think that when something works for you that they've helped you with, it gives them a sense of satisfaction and like they feel good about it too. It's the same as like when I've collected with other artists and they come to me for help because I have people in my DMs all the time who like, maybe I bought little pieces here and there and they're just like, oh my God, thank you so much. And they'll ask my opinion on things and I'll give them my opinion. And it's just, I want them to succeed and do well too. And it's not even about the financial gain. It's just 
the fact that like I have some knowledge that can help someone else and that feels good. And I want to see as many people succeed as I can. And I feel like the collectors feel similarly, um, like with me and with other artists. And it just, I don't know, it's a really, really beautiful thing. And it's like, I think back in the day, like back in old art, I don't even know what to call it. Um, but there were like the Renaissance period and all of this, there were people like Kings and Queens and things that would fund artists to do things because they, it was a sign of like, I don't even know the words I'm trying to find at this moment. <laughs> it was, a, it's like a status symbol, right? Like, Oh, we made this happen. Right. And I think it's kind of coming back with NFTs in a different way. And it's really cool to see that because you see so many artists able to build and create things that they weren't able to before. And honestly, even without the verbal support or the conversation, just the feeling of being collected, your, your work being collected gives you this feeling of support and energy. Like it's like, Every time when I sell something and my friends sell something, there's this like term that we use called zoomies. It's like when dogs run around an apartment and don't know what to do. It just gives you this energy and it gives you the support to feel like, wow, they like what I did and I could do this again and I could... And then you get more ideas and your brain just starts churning. So even if you don't have a dialogue with your collectors, they're supporting you in that way. And it's just, it's so cool. I think a lot of people um, who may not be, you know, the, directly the artists themselves or the creators are finding in collecting a vehicle for their own expression as creative individuals, which at the end of the day, we all are just like deeply creative. And so I think that it's, um, you know, this really exciting synergy. And, you know, we talk about NFTs as fueling a creative renaissance. Um, and I think that, you know, there's just a reflection in that, that it's, it's for, uh, creativity in many different forms um, and, and many different roles and that this space kind of um, has has enough room for all of that to flourish together. Yeah. And it's interesting too, like I kind of feel like when COVID was like really intense and we were all in lockdown, I had this thought of like, this is before I knew what NFTs were. I didn't know anything, but I had this thought of like, man, after this, because I think after like big plagues have happened in the past, like there's always some kind of crazy renaissance, like creative, like people have all this, this stuff inside of them, like this energy and this emotion from everything that's going on that they need to get out. And like the best way to get it out is to like express yourself creatively. So like you're saying that the collectors also have that creativity inside of them that they get to help out with and be a part of. Like, I think part of what's fueling all of this is all of the crazy things that have been happening in the world the last few years. And it's just really cool to kind of see it all come together and come out in this way, because I just think that the artists, like artists have never felt this much support as we are in the NFT space right now. And when you have this kind of support, you're able to really dive into your creativity and really be able to create. So I think art is just like, we're just on the tip of the iceberg. We've just started, but art is about to get really, really cool. I want to talk about um, art versus utility. Do you think, because a lot of people are coming maybe to the art side of NFTs and, you know, the collecting side from the more speculate, speculative games that are you know, happening in a more commercial sense that they're it creates this expectation or pressure for utility to also be functioning in um, the art sense? Or do you think that there's enough awareness in the space to understand that, you know, okay, if you're speculating and making money and that's all fine and good, those are different terms. Like that's different than how you might approach becoming a patron um, and developing a sense for art and supporting artists. For me, it feels like different terms, but I, I mean, it is still a new space. So I do think that we have to be careful in how we present things and what we do in this space, because we don't want to set any like precedence of this is how things should be. Um, but I think if you know yourself and if you are an artist and you understand that your art has value and you've been doing art or creating art for a while, I think that you should have the awareness enough to know that just be authentic. I think the biggest thing in all of this is be authentic and genuine to who you are. And if you're doing it for that and not like to just get a cash grab, then I think that it will come across to people. And like what a lot of people 
I think don't understand here. And a lot of people come into the space trying to make a quick buck or they see money and they're like, let me just do this. But I think if you look at it as a long-term gain, it really changes or a long-term game. It really changes a lot of things. Like just knowing like I'm here for the long term. This is not like just because I add unlockable content to this one with photos. That doesn't mean I have to do it going forward. That doesn't change the value of what I'm doing. I'm just doing it because it's fun. And I think that as long as you're authentic to yourself, you're genuine, you know who you are, then that should be fine. But again, there's a lot of people who are still discovering themselves and that's okay too. And so I would hate to see people see the utility from some people and then feel like they have to. So I, it's kind of a gray area right now. I feel like everything is still so new that it's tough, but the biggest thing is be authentic and genuine and also communicate. Like I think putting out your thoughts on Twitter is very important so people can get to know who you are as a person so they can feel if you're being authentic or not. And that's how I think people connect to you is by like feeling who you are as a person through the content that you put out. I think that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, One thing that we briefly talked about earlier that I would love to revisit is making it as a photographer in Web3 um, compared to the trajectory of Web2. I mean, we've highlighted that there are a lot of differences, obviously, between between those two paradigms. Um, But I think that one theme of Web3 generally is that your legacy credentials don't really matter. Um, It's about, you know, authenticity and how you show up. And the people who understand that and start to learn the rules of the game on those terms are the ones that I've seen kind of emerge as leaders in whatever they're pursuing. Um, And how have you seen this apply to photography? And is there friction at all that you've perceived with like those parts of the industry that have experienced success under the old paradigm and are now maybe coming into Web3 with certain expectations that that offers them a birth or some runway um, that they're then kind of surprised to find out isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I get so many people like, because I I built up a following on Instagram. That's kind of how I started um, or how I gained traction, I would say, in the photography world. And I post my wins and my successes on Instagram from web three. So I get a lot of people who message me photographers specifically. And they're like, how do I do this? Or they'll message me being like, I got a message the other day. And it was like, uh, my friends told it, I posted that I made a huge sale and I was super happy. And on Twitter, I get this whole, yes, LFG, let's go. And they're just, everyone's excited. And then on Instagram, I get messages, not a congratulations, just my friend said I should do this, but I don't understand it. I have a huge catalog of photos and I don't want to shoot anymore. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> that's not the right energy. Like that's not what we're doing here. So I think there's a big misunderstanding from web two to web three. Like NFTs are still this thing that so many people, they see success in other people, but they don't really understand how they do it. And I think a lot of them think we just like list things for sale and make money. Like, I think that's what they're seeing of it. They don't see the back end and the hard work that goes in and the networking that you do and the connections that you make and like all the time that you spend on Twitter. So I think there is a disconnect there for sure. And I've seen people come in who are big in web too. And maybe they've had a couple big sales. Maybe they'll get a couple because of their name, but like they don't go far after that. Um, and I think that people have these egos and these expectations based on, well, I've shot Vogue or I've done this, or I have this many followers and they think that they deserve something from web three. Um, but it's just definitely not the case. Like web three is a whole new world. And I do think that if you've built something in web two, you can use that to aid in your success in web three, but it doesn't guarantee you success. Like, because I had built up a following on Instagram and someone like guy was following me for years. It did help me for sure, but I didn't get to where I am now because of that. So I think that people need to really just spend the time to get to know what Web3 is and what NFTs are before jumping into anything if you're here for the long term. If you want to just come in for a quick cash grab and you have a big following, maybe you can do it, but that isn't going to do much for you long term. And the bigger wins and successes are going to come from really putting the time into the space and really like giving back as well into the space. Okay, so I'm going to read this tweet that you posted a few days ago uh, on 
April 24th. And it says, I'm not kidding or exaggerating when I say that I've never felt this much support in my life. I think that no matter where I go, as long as I have all of you in my life, I'll be home. So, I mean, I think that's a great summary of everything that we've been talking about today. And my question for you is, how has your field of vision as a creator expanded in the wake of this feeling of home? Do you feel inspired in different ways? And how does that impact um, the the vision that you bring to your work? Yeah, I mean, just feeling supported, like just having so many people in this community who believe in me, like I've never had that. Like I said before, I have always, not always, but like I would say in my career recently, I've just been like a girl with a camera. So like these people on Instagram, maybe these girls have millions of followers and they have so much more pull than I do on anything. So they're like, I need this photo. And they hire me to take this photo, you know, or these brands, I need this. And they hire me to take that. And it's cool. Like I am very, very grateful that I was able to fully support myself as a photographer. And that was always my goal. And then once I got that, I was like, but there's something missing. Like, you know, I need something else. Like I want to create what I want to create. I don't want to do all this stuff. And being able to just like actually shoot whatever I want to shoot and put it out into the world. And then I feel more supported after, like, I will tell you before I minted each collection I mint every time before I mint, I get very nervous. I get very, cause it's a very vulnerable thing. Like you're putting your art out for the world. What if they don't like it? What if this, what if that? And it's like, when you haven't done it a lot, it's a very intimidating feeling. But then once you've done it a few times and you've sold out and you've been collected and you know, you've felt support from even people who don't collect your art, but people who comment and give you their, their nice words and their nice comments on things like it just, it's such an incredible feeling to be that vulnerable and put out a piece of your soul and then have everyone like, like circle around you and lift you up and support you. And that feeling fuels me to keep going and to do more and to get more creative and try different things and go different places. And it just like, it's almost like it feels like, you know, those movies where like these back in the day that these men are holding this like almost stretcher type of thing. And there's like a queen on top. It feels like this whole community is like lifting me up and holding me on one of those things and like walking me into this next phase of my life. And it's really, really a cool feeling and very, very inspiring. And I've gotten so many different new ideas because of it, because now it's validating. It's like validating that the ideas that I have are good. And so, whereas before, like with my family and the way I was raised, it was very much like, no, you can't do that. Like I was told no for so many things. Like when I wanted to move to California, I was told I'll be back in six months. When I quit my retail job, my dad called my mom and told her, you have to convince her not to quit. She's making a mistake. You know, now that I'm leaving LA, my dad's telling my sister, like, what is she doing? She's making a mistake. He's just very scared. He lives in fear and that's his reality. But in my world, I've always felt like, no, like I want to do this though. And, and I've been shut down most of my life. Like most of my life, people are like, no, you're silly. You're living in the clouds. What are you thinking? Whereas like now I get to have these crazy ideas and have hundreds of people, thousands of people on Twitter, like support that and validate that. And then you have these collectors who like it too. And then they collect your art and that's a different kind of support. So you've got like all of this support around you and you can go crazy with your ideas and like be validated. And I've just never felt that before. So it's just, like I said earlier too, it's just very foreign. And I'm like having to retrain my brain into thinking like, you can actually do this. (laughs) Like, this is actually good. People are supporting you. It's really, really foreign, but such a beautiful feeling. I think that's such a powerful and beautiful testament to the potential of Web3 and what it has to offer everybody really, uh, no matter who they are, where they come from in the previous phase of their journey, if they've been artists before or haven't, or want to jump into that from a different type of career. I really think that, um, there's an opportunity to thrive and exist as just a full supported individual, um, who's also able to support themselves financially and be successful in that way. Um, in a way that most opportunities for work and work-life balance haven't really offered 
people before or, or most people. Um, so there's kind of a new opportunity for that at scale. And as a result, um, you know, people can emerge from that just, I think, more whole and more able to, um, yeah, stand kind of tall and excited in their lives. And I think so just everything you've said is just a really like powerful reflection of that. Um, so last question, if, if you don't mind a little playing of favorites, uh, (laughs) what is your favorite piece that you've minted so far and why? Ooh, I mean, I feel like I'm connected to different pieces for different reasons. Um, but one of my favorite, like visually, I think one of my favorite photos I've ever taken is from my circle collection. It's called Portal. Um, guy actually bought it the day I released it. I released the collection. He bought one and the two sat for like a month or two. Um, but they just sold. But Portal, it's it's a photo. It's black and white. I took it on a job actually in Mexico. We were at this villa on the water and there was this like circle window from this balcony overlooking into this other balcony. And my model, like we were there to shoot for her. She hired me to come out. She paid me. So it was something that like at the end of it, I was like, I really want to mint this photo as an NFT. Can I? And she's like, yeah. And I offered her a percentage. She was super happy with it. And we just ran with it. And it was like a moment where I was on, I was like just looking, she was on this balcony and I was just looking around. I saw this circle. I was like, Ooh, I bet from there it would be really cool. So I like walked around the house, got to this balcony and then started looking through. I was like, yes. And then we like positioned her in the right way. And it was very like, she was fully nude. I think she was wearing heels and she had binoculars in her hand. So it was a very like kind of James Bond moment. And it is a nude, but it's so far away that you almost, it's not like the focus of the image. It's more about the composition. Um, and I just really, really loved that photo. And there was something too about circles. I just, that was the last photo of the circle collection that I shot. One was shot years ago on a job with guests in Wyoming. And the other one was shot on a Maxim magazine cover shoot. And then that one was the last one. And when I shot that, I thought about the other two photos immediately and was like, this is a collection. Like I already knew. Um, and there was a theme of circles too, actually, which is really interesting. And my ex, who's like one of my best friends in his dad's architecture, he used circles to, it was just like one of his staples. And so I think ever since he told me that it was something that I definitely noticed in things. And I think it just all kind of came full circle, if you will. (laughs) Uh, And I don't know, it was just this beautiful moment. And I just, it's the way my brain's working now. And now it's an open-ended collection. So now anywhere I travel and there's like something that I can use for this collection, I'm going to definitely continue to expand it. I love that. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where that inspiration takes you, uh, whether it's in the collection or in, in other pieces that you do. And thanks for sharing that story. I think it's, um, probably really exciting for, for people to just get a little bit of a peek behind the curtain to see, uh, your thought process in your work and what inspires you. Yeah, of course. It has been so awesome talking with you. Uh, thanks for for sharing and for taking the time to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for asking all the questions that you asked. It's been such a great conversation. And it's even like some things I'm like, wait, what do I even? And my, my brain's just going. So it's nice to be able to uh, talk about this stuff. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. And your shoots sound so dreamy. So I feel like I'll have to find a way to make it as a model in one of your photographs one day. <laughs> yes, I can't wait. Oh, it'd be so fun. Okay, well, thanks so much, Meg, and uh, hopefully see you soon. Mm-hmm.